Hey everyone, welcome to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I'm Maxine McCallum, and together we are going on a journey of personal growth, motivation, mindfulness, and self-discovery. Embrace the spirit of resilience and the beauty of transformation as we dive into life, business, friendship, motherhood, and everything in between. Let's get started. Today on the couch, I have Ty Patrick, the head bitch in charge at the Divas of the Northwest Drag Show series. He can make this stoic German girl laugh, mixes an awesome mimosa, and most importantly, Ty takes a stand for love and acceptance. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I also gave him the option of telling me to fuck off. So, <laughs> wise choice, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I weighed heavily. I weighed heavily. <laughs> um, so Ty is one of those people that I met through somebody else, but just immediately liked. Um, you're a lot like me in that you do so many things all across the board. Yeah. Um, And so I would love to just learn about those things. And then most importantly to me and what resonated the most with me about you is just how much you are a pillar uh, for love and acceptance and Mm. family and friendship. Um, And that's just so cool to see in this day and age. Right, right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. (laughs) I love, I think we became, you know, uh, fast friends immediately. You know, I was like, oh my God, I love this bitch. I love this girl. (laughs) This is, this is, these are my people, you know? And I think um, I like to consider myself a a collector of people, if that makes sense, you know? And you've got like um, different, different people that, you know, satisfied, you know, a different need. And Mm -hmm. um, I think every time, you know, you and I are are together, you've just got such a a contagious smile and it makes me feel just happy on the inside. So I love to laugh. I think it's, it's good. So I'm glad I could make the stoic German girl laugh. Well, yeah. I mean, I, so my ex-husband always jokes and he's like, Germans aren't funny. Like you're Mm -hmm. not funny. I'm just really blunt. Yeah. And it just, I don't like dumb jokes, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. Like, so I like very real jokes. Right, right. Sometimes be mean, but you know, it makes me laugh. If you can't laugh, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. (laughs) It's why, yeah, exactly. Well, I think why I didn't ever survive on like a dating app. Like Mm -hmm. I had a dating profile for two seconds. And, um, I, I got off it really quickly cause I realized it wasn't for me, but I think part of the problem was that my profile, all, all my bio said mm-hmm. was, um, make me belly laugh and feed me. It's not that complicated. I love it. And I think it was too direct it was for the world. Too, too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Especially dating apps, man. They're, they were, I, I, you know, I'm lucky enough. I haven't had to be on a dating app in a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband and I just celebrated, uh, eight years of being married um, and, you know, a, a year of dating before that. So almost a decade of, and I remember when they first came out and it was, um, to God, what was it? was Tinder, mm-hmm. I think. And um, what, like Christian Mingle, which oh I mean, <laughs> I don't think you're going to find many um, gay relationships on Christian Mingle. <laughs> you, but never <laughs> you never know. Never know. Um, and, and I was like, Tinder, this is, it's just, it just felt like, booty call, booty call, booty call. And I'm like, you know, where do you find something real? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's kind of been my thing on, you know, love and acceptance is what's real. Where's the, where's the reality of it? You know, we've, we've, we've come to a society where, you know, we're all about reality, but funny thing about it is it's all scripted, right? Totally. It's all scripted. So where does like, where, what's real? Yeah. And what's real is hard. Yeah. It's hard stuff, right? You and I were just talking about how we've, we kind of had mirroring, mirroring weeks yeah. and, um, you know, it's, 
it's hard to not just want to throw your hands up in the air and go, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Totally. This is too much. But, you know. Yeah, it's like, it, it's so true. We're so about calling people out or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, reality when in reality, and I'm making air quotes, mm-hmm. you know, we're presenting this, you know, curated version of ourselves on social media where, you know, there's so few people that you can actually sit with and just mm-hmm. bear your soul to Yep. Um, where you don't have to put on this facade. And I, so I have ADHD pretty bad. Me too. Oh, good. <laughs> and so I didn't realize, you know, I'm just now doing the deep dive. I only realized that I had it because I looked into it for my son mm-hmm. um, and was like, oh man, a lot of this applies. Um, but one of the things that I didn't realize I have always known things and I haven't known why I know things about people, my intuition, everything. And usually if I go with my gut from the first time I meet somebody, I'm Mm -hmm. spot on. But Mm -hmm. if I ignore it, it always comes back and screws me. But that's an ADHD trait. It's those micro um, expressions that you make that show you about a person's true self. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's been an interesting cultural thing for me coming to America mm-hmm. um, because people do present themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of that to me always comes across as fakeness. And I'm like, oh, that person seems really fake. And everybody's like, no, they're amazing. What are you talking about? I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'm open to it. I'll and, give it a shot. But then it bites you in the ass. Yeah. You know, it's I, 100%. I've told my husband, I said, you know, I can tell if I like somebody within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. I can tell if they're a good person. I can tell, I can tell you everything. Yeah. And um, he's uh, optimist, right? No, they're they're good, they're yeah. great. But I'm like, hmm, I don't like them. Yep, I don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> and he's like, you're 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 nuts, you're crazy. I'm like, no, it's just a, and it's not even in your gut. It's almost like it's the space between your head and your heart. That's right? so funny because I was just about to say it's like in your chest. Almost. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right, it's like here, right here, right here. Yep. And it's and it's not in the throat. It's 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 just a weird space, and you're mm-hmm. just like I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's your intuition. Mm. And you know, there's some people you just have to deal with, and you're like, I know, I know you. Yeah. You don't know me, and I know you can't pick up on this. And it's funny to, I've never connected it with being an ADHD thing. Yeah, I didn't either. But I'm starting to realize that most of the things I hate about myself are mm-hmm. connected to that. But everything I love about myself is also connected. Right. To having ADHD. I used to make a joke. So I was. Um, tested when I was, gosh, eight. Oh, wow. Um, I went to a place called the Winston School in Dallas and um, was there and did testings for ADD and ADHD. Um, God, when I was eight, that would have been 1993. The year before I was born. Oh, shut up. (laughs) It was a year after my husband was born. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And... You know, they did all these two weeks worth of testing and oh, they were wow. like, yeah, okay, so, you know, this and, you know, the, and they, I mean, the, the, the packet of information on, because uh, it was just now coming out, right? The ADHD, mm-hmm. the ADD, um, where now, you know, it went through a phase where every doctor was like, oh, you're not paying attention in school. You have ADD. Here's mm-hmm. the prescription for Ritalin, right? Which um, I was on Ritalin. I was on Adderall. Um hated both of them because mm-hmm. I just zombied out. I don't know if you've ever been on any of them. I haven't. Or um, 
or if you you know put your son on any of them. And I haven't so far. I have no qualms about people putting you know their children on on medications that they might need. Yeah. As long as they watch and react and mm-hmm. see you know how does this affect them. Yeah. Um, for me, it my mom was like, I, I hate this person that you've become because I just I could just stare and look in the corner for hours. Wow. Like it just you know took it out and. So what my mom did was she was like, let's figure out how to make this work in your advantage. Yeah. You know, let's see. And I always make a joke now that, you know, um, kids with AD, you know, ADHD, adults find kids with with that uh, annoying. But as adults, we find them witty. We find them multitaskers. We find them able to, you know, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. able to be creative, able to all this other stuff. And it's just wild. My mom was like, why would I want to stifle that with, you know, something that doesn't work for you? That's amazing. And so... Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's where, you know, you and I, we were just talking about, you know, the one thing that we don't do is sleep yeah. and, <laughs> and, um, you know, we, it's, it's what kind of keeps us, you know, being all over the, all over the place yeah. is what allows us to have our hands in 15 different things. Yeah. Um, which I think as an entrepreneur is important because 13 of those things might not work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. But every once in a while you do find that one. I think follow through is the hardest mm-hmm. um, because obviously that trait of like, <clears throat> I, this seems exciting and this seems exciting and I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think finding, finding jobs or businesses or whatever it is that can stay interesting. So mm-hmm. where something changes and you're you're doing new events you're you know going here you're just kind of that and then finding the people under you that can kind of be sort of the level base yes for you to just then bounce your Mm -hmm. ideas off of that grow the business like we always say for the store for example glenn is the one that's like foot soldier like i give him the stuff like this is what needs to happen Mm -hmm. and these are the ideas and then he can go plug away at it so he's, you know, maybe the, the consistency and then I'm the growth, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really important. And that is, you know, totally an AD, ADD or ADHD totally. thing. You got to have that weight. I, I, you know, I think we're like balloons, mm-hmm. like we're these big, beautiful balloons. And, you know, it's, it's the creativity and it's the, you know, it's the direction and it's the air and it's the ability to, to fly anywhere. But you got to have somebody that grounds you down. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you got two balloons, next thing you know, they're you know yeah. off in different corners of the world. So totally. Um, yeah. And I, you know, it's I found that with um, my business partner with um, TPAT Productions, um, doing you know the divas of the Northwest. Yeah. Tracy is the one that grounds me in my business or in in our business. Yeah. Um, and you know, we she's the one that sends me emails of. We've got to get contracts out for this. We've got to get this. Um, she balances the checkbook. You know, she balances all this yeah. other stuff. She goes, you know, what was this charge? What was this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I ran to Best Buy and had to get us, you know, a, a new speaker or mm-hmm. a new this. And, um, you know, I don't think I could do um, – I, I couldn't do that business without her because it's um, so much going on, you know. But just like with Julia's, I've got, you know, business partners that um, – keep me grounded but I've also got some that you know I get to fly with as you know this little balloon to be creative so yeah I think having those people in in your lives that, that ground you whether you know regardless of what their relationship in business or personal life is um, mm-hmm. is important yeah you know? I think I talked about this with Kendra and one of the other podcasts just like playing to the strengths of each person on the team and just mm-hmm. knowing that you 
you can't do it all and you don't know it all. And so if you can find the people that fill in your cracks and you fill in theirs, that's where the most success happens. Or even doing the tasks that you find mundane. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think we could do our own stuff and it's, you know, but then at what point does doing all the mundane stuff take away the excitement of it? You know, mm-hmm. when you've got someone who likes to do that. Tracy loves to be organized. Tracy loves to have files. Tracy loves yeah. to, you know, <laughs> she, uh, I, we've been, we've had meetings um, and she goes, I think we've discussed this in a text. And I go, oh God, um, I've got how many unread emails and how many unread text messages. Oh my God, what's and, your number right now? Oh God. Okay. Hang on. Let me turn off my, my focus. This is, this is Are we doing game, text? Are we going to do text or email? Text and email both. Okay. So you'd think I was bipolar. Um, I have five unread text messages. Okay, I have 221. Okay. <laughs> now, when it comes to unread emails, okay. I have 232,251 unread emails. Okay, you have me beat. 3,255. <laughs> 232,000. Wow. And, you know, it got to that point because at a certain point I was like, it's too overwhelming to go in and delete. Yes. So I'll just let it get. And that's not the biggest it's been. The highest, oh the highest point it got to was 753,000 emails. Oh, my god! And I was like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just turn it. I'll just I'll <laughs> screen down. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, my friends play a game. Like, how many unread texts does Maxine have right now? Because yeah. it just at some point it feels so overwhelming to respond to anything. Mm-hmm. And the thing is you do see it when it pops up on your phone. So the information makes it into your brain. Right. But then it's the response. It's like. I want to be thoughtful and kind and caring in the way I respond mm-hmm. to anybody in my life, but that takes time, that takes energy, that takes, and so I end up just not responding, which makes yeah. me an even bigger asshole. <laughs> but do you ever think that you've responded? Oh, like, totally. All the time. All the time, I'm like, no, I sent that. I sent you. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yep. Oh. Yeah, and the next mm-hmm. time I go to need something from them mm-hmm. to send them a text, I'm like, yep, definitely responded in my brain, but never in real never, life. Never. Yeah. Yep. 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 Definitely thought it made it. Apologize. Out there. Sorry. Yep. But now everybody, everybody in my life knows. No, yeah. So it's like, take it or leave it. I know. Right? You either right. have it or you don't. Okay, so we have the drag side of things. Yes. Then a candle business. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think everybody, I make this joke in my show, as I said, you know, everybody during the pandemic, we all picked up something, yep. right? <laughs> it was either, uh, I think for the most most part, it was people baking or OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And neither one of those uh, interested me. So I um, was shopping one day yeah. during the pandemic, which um, I am a wonderful shopper. I I, sh- I can sh- out shop anybody. That is an awesome skill, yeah, right? Not 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 for deals. Yeah. I'm just saying I can spend a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the pandemic. I think the shutdown happened April 2020. April 2020. Yeah. Which um, I remember because my birthday is in April. Oh, fun. And so I was like, okay, wait, the whole country just shut down and my birthday is the ninth day of this month. Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so um, I was in such a, because we had a party planned and we were mm-hmm. doing, and it also just got canceled. And uh. I know that that sounds, I know people had weddings planned and funerals planned and I'm like, you know, my birthday, you know. Yeah, yeah but it is it is that like, <laughs> it's almost like that childlike anticipation of something. Yeah. And then it's like the balloon gets deflated. Gets, it doesn't matter what it is. So, so yeah. So my husband goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, I guess I'm going to have to do retail therapy. Just, you know, and I got on my phone and the next day a 75 inch television arrived at the house and he was like, what did you do? <laughs> So about a TV. Yeah. And he goes, that's wild. And so 
with that kind of mentality and being stuck in the house mm -hmm. and not being allowed to go out and do things, I was like, you know, I'm going to be on the search for a white tea candle, hmm. which I know sounds so like people are like, what is that? If you've ever walked into a Hilton, mm -hmm. no, that's not right. If you ever walked into a Weston, okay. that smell, that kind of like yeah. white floral smell, that's white tea, right? Oh. And so I was, I would buy these candles and I couldn't find a candle that was just white tea. It's always lilac and white tea or lavender and white tea or patchouli and white tea was yeah. the worst one. I was like, this is disgusting. I don't know why I bought this. Does anyone like patchouli? No, no, not, not straight up forward. No, not as a top <laughs> note. And so I thought, well, and I came across this candle making kit on Amazon and I thought I could do this. Yeah. Let me, let me try it. And I remember uh, making it on my stove. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, my saucepan that I... Connor's that, like, come on, we're like, making like, dinner. What are you doing? And I'm like, I, you know, it, it, I I told him the other day, I said, you know, you remember when I would make the candles on the stove? And he goes, yeah, you used our like one sauce pot that was like, and I go, you know, it could be worse. I, I it could have been like the, I could have been boiling a diva cup or something. And, <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, yeah. what's a diva cup? <laughs> You're like, when you put it that way. I know, right? Um, and what's funny is we have a, a friend. Uh, you know Naya. Yeah. And so Naya, we had a conversation. We were out in. Uh, shout out to Naya. I know she listens. Naya. I'm that, you know, Naya Von Photography. Uh, she's an amazing photographer. Um, and such a good human. Such a good, good human. And we were, uh, I love her uh, partner, Blake. Um, and uh, Naya is uh, Tracy's daughter and blah, blah, blah. And so we were out at Ocean Shores and we were talking about, I don't know how we got on the topic of like a diva cup or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I boil mine in our saucepan. And he goes, we only have one saucepan and that's what I make broccoli in. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just hysterical. So it was, it was a funny joke. But um, so I'm making this candle and it's, I've got this, it came with this little, and you, you melt the wax and this hot water and then you pour it and, I was like, this is oddly satisfying, but ridiculously tedious. I can't, <laughs> this is whatever. And so, but it made the best white tea candle that I had ever oh, cool. smelt. And then um, we kind of started breaking the rules and having people over, mm -hmm. right? Because everyone got, got, and everyone was like, what's that? What is this candle? Where did you get it? I'm like, I made it. And so they were like, well, can you make me one? So then it just kind of started snowballing. And I told Connor, I said, I'm gonna make this a business. Yeah. And he goes, oh, God, okay. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Not a, another, another, you know, sometimes I feel like Lucy where she has like, like all these like schemes, you yeah. know, <laughs> trying to get into the show. And um, so it actually turned out to be, I mean, white tea is um, my top seller. Um, I still hand pour everything in my garage. Wow. Um, but Did you buy your own set of pans, <clears throat> pots? I, I did. I, they, you know, they make these things. And it's like a, it's like an electric, you remember those like electric skillets? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like an electric, uh, pot and it's got a spigot on it and you turn it on and then you just put all the wax in there and it heats up and then you just oh. turn a little spigot and it comes out and then you can, you know, oh, pour okay. your candles and everything. Way so better. It's so much easier. And I've got like four of them and it just makes it pop, 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 you know, super easy. I can knock That's out cool. probably 200 candles in a day if I really devote eight hours That's to it. That's awesome. But um, maybe we need to do a McCallumson's Whiskey Coke candle. Yeah. Like Let's do it. Bourbon and something. Super easy. Awesome. Like bourbon and tobacco or something. Yeah. yeah. I love I have that. a wonderful, tobacco's hard though. Is it? Yeah. It's a hard scent because um, the oil is like, 
$50 an ounce. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like for two candles, you need an ounce of oil. Like it's nuts, but it's oh, worth it. Leave it to it's me to like it. the expensive I know. Well, I love it. I love it. So I'll buy it. And that's what I have in my, um, in my, I, I love diffusers in my mm-hmm. house. So I've got scent diffusers going all the time. And I love the white tea and tobacco mix. And um, so when I was thinking about candles, I was like, you know, everybody does these. I was looking at, you know, people's candles on Etsy and they do like blueberry pie and apple crumble and stuff like that. And I'm like, if I walk into a house and I smell a blueberry crumble, I want to eat it. <laughs> and if there's no blueberry crumble, crumble I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. Right. So I don't do scents like that. So I do like white tea and like Tonka Oud and uh, uh, Pamplemousse and Mangosteen. Oh. Um, English amber, sexy and, candles. Yeah, white sage and uh, there's lavender. nothing sexy about blueberry no. pie candles. No, but you smell Tonka Oud and you're like, damn. Yeah, like that's that's like a man. Like that smells like just like a rugged, sexy man. And then um, my favorite, which is um, an acquired scent, I think, is it's the green tomato leaf. Interesting. Yeah, it's very herbaceous and just have whatnot. To post up in your garage. And I know. Smell I know. Just let you smell stuff. Just right. Come over. <laughs> I'll start charging for a yes. <laughs> a, sniff a, sniff, a, a sniff experience, <laughs> right? Um, but it's one that you go, oh, I don't think so. And then you're like, well, let me go back. Mm-hmm. Let me smell it again. And you're like, okay, I get this. And what it's made just, you think of that? Joe Malone. Oh, okay. I am a Joan Malone fiend yeah I have the entire Joe Malone counter in my in my closet like I that's amazing yeah like when I leave here I'm going to buy another bottle because I just released a a bottle of I think it's like hibiscus vanilla or something and I'm like yeah I'm down for it (laughs) and my husband was like you really like these Joe Malones huh and I go yeah I do and he goes just curious how much how much do they cost and I'm like don't don't worry about it (laughs) nothing to worry (laughs) your pretty little head don't worry about it Connor (laughs) and he and then he found out and he was like so he started calculating he goes oh my god and I'm like well what if you go how much do horses cost (laughs) Connor (laughs) right right how much did that saddle cost yeah seriously eight thousand dollars well that was my COVID thing was horses yeah that's when you started (laughs) no so I rode as a kid I started when I was like four years old I rode until I was like 15 or 16 my family had like crazy financial problems and I had to stop. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know, I got married at 19 and, and everything. I just, in my mind, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And so as I made money and you married all the Glenn things, at 19. Yeah. Wow. Probably contributes to why I'm getting a divorce, wow. but you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, I got, I got married at 22. Yeah. Um, and got a divorce at 26. Yeah. I <laughs> so, mean, I lasted a little you. bit longer. Good but... <laughs> on you. Good on you. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I looked around, I guess, before. So like February, I was like, man, I you know, I want to take some lessons. I, I can afford it now, mm-hmm, <laughs> clearly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I went and took some lessons and realized very quickly, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to ride anything and everything I could get my hands on. I was the first one to volunteer, um, you know, and help pay for my lessons or do whatever. Uh, but as an adult, I don't want to ride a school horse. Mm-mm. Some barn sour, like, rank-ass mm-hmm. school horse. I was like, okay, like, I think I could get my own horse, right. you know? So Worst thing is to hear, oh, they're a couch. Yeah. I hate that. They're like, oh, this one's safe. It's, they're just a big couch. It's a big couch. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't want to ride the couch. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually, that was when COVID hit. I was in Germany visiting mm. my mom. 
And I got a call in the middle of the night from my friend and she was like, they're shutting everything down. You got to get home. Mm. I had two kids with me and packed them up and flew back. Total panic because you don't know what's going on. Glenn was um, in California at a, on a training rotation um, and they were in blackout. So they had taken their phones Mm. for the month. And so they had no, for the month, for the month, they had no contact to the outside except um, the people at this, um, training center, they would have like, I don't know what you call them, but like admins that would come in and like switch out that mm-hmm. were running the the training. And so they would kind of bring snippets of what was going on in the outside world. Imagine being completely locked off from mm-hmm. the entire world, any news, any social media, any contact with anybody while COVID is happening That's nuts. and everything is shutting down. So he didn't even really know that I flew back to the States Mm -hmm. and I got back within like hours of the border shutting down. And I'm, I'm not a citizen. I have a green card. So Mm -hmm. I probably could have come back even weeks later, Mm -hmm. but I was just nervous about what that might look like and what if they shut everything down to where nobody's traveling anymore. So I was like, I'm just going to get back while I can. Um, But yeah, I bought a horse during COVID and it was kind of a wild experience did you get a good deal? Did you get a COVID I got, special? I, I did get a good deal. <laughs> and he's an amazing boy. He's currently on a care lease. Just, I, I had just, you know, I had two babies. I hadn't ridden consistently in mm-hmm. years. So I needed a couch, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, I need to be safe. And that's exactly what he was. So now he's on a care lease somewhere and they love him so much. Um, and they're amazing to him. I mean, you know. Gets right. massage and whatever. So do my horses. But um, people listening are gonna be like, "What's a care lease?" Oh, a care lease. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you give your horse to someone and they pay for all its bills, but they don't have to pay you for the use of the horse. <laughs> which, honestly, saying out loud sounds kind of absurd because people yeah. are like, "Why would I have to pay you for the use of the horse if right. I'm paying its bills?" But that's how it is. Okay. Well, welcome to the industry. Welcome <laughs> we to the have industry. a pony right now. Its lease price for a year is thirty thousand dollars. So you know. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, <laughs> if I can get it freaking leased. That's it. Right, call Connor. Or sold. Well, yeah, or $50,000 or something to sell it. I just want to get it out of there. But that was my thing, right? And so then I boarded the um, my horse in a place that kind of just let you do your own thing because everything else was shut down. So I was Uh like, well, I got to be able to go out, whatever. So ended up getting pregnant four months later. We had decided, hey, we're not going to try because we don't want to be in and out of medical facilities. And then Uh – ended up happening by accident anyway. Um, We thought we were going to have to go do IUIs and get some help because we had to do that with the son before that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just kind of like, okay, cool, I'm pregnant. Um, And that barn ended up almost killing my horse. No. Yeah. There were multiple times, more than multiple, like countless times where they forgot to feed him. So I'd show up and he'd be like panicking in a stall because he was so hungry. Um, and then I showed up one day and they had blanketed him for some reason with like the thickest winter blanket that wasn't even mine. Mm. Um, on like the hottest day at, you know, here, like the hottest part part of the day is 4 PM or 5 PM. Yeah. And so he's like, he's a black horse and was just lathered in white sweat and blanketed in a stall. huh? Yes. Nuts. So crazy. And, um, so I ended up pulling him and putting him in a friend's pasture. And Mm -hmm. every day I would drive home a different way and look for like a property. Like I just, I want to do my own thing. I know Mm -hmm. I can do it better. Yep. You know, typical. Right. And so I ended up buying the farm and kind of just starting to build and permitting has been really tough, but awful. King County. Are you, well, it's Pierce County, County. um, but we're designated rural separator. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's this weird, <clears throat> it's not residential, it's not commercial, it's this weird in-between thing. Uh -huh. And I think most people don't want it to be rural separators. So the thought to them that a 30-acre farm is going to go in instead of like developments right. is just not cool. Um, and early on, we had a neighbor that was just nasty because he used to shoot about across the property. And so he was annoyed that he couldn't do that anymore because mm. there were animals there. Um, and so it's just been, it's just been like hell getting permits. And at this point I've just resigned myself to like, I pushed so hard and what I have accomplished at this farm in the short amount of time is actually pretty impressive. If you sit back, if I sit back and look at it because mm -hmm. it was an empty field. So if it takes another couple of years, it takes another couple of years. It just is right. what it is. But yeah, that was my my COVID hobby. Well, well, and it and it will. And you know the, it, I think people, first of all, that's so sad that there's there are facilities out there that will forget to feed, yeah, animals that they're being paid to board, yeah, you know, which is absolutely insane to me. And you know, and it's a huge facility by the way. There's 60 horses, which there. is and you know, so then they should have people there that are you know. They have two staff. Competent two. Mm -mm. <laughs> I had three for 26. That's just in, by the way. Th right, right. That's insane. I mean, we've got, uh, gosh, Connor's. If you count Connor, there's three for 15, 14. Yeah. Like. Um, oh yeah, if you count our trainers. Yeah, yeah. And you count me. Yeah. We tons. were we were way beyond that. Way and and. You know, I think when in this sport, you know, um, I think some people think, oh, horses, you know, you know, I, you know, went horseback riding on a trail horse, blah, blah, blah. They're completely different animals that we have that, you know, these are these are athletes. These mm -hmm. are, you know, um, the the grooms that we have. We pride ourselves and I'm sure you do as well, mm -hmm. that a groom, they know the horses better than the owners know the horses, you yeah. know, they know when there's a slight inflammation, mm -hmm. you know, there's, they know when, you know, there's, you know, they're, the back is sore. They know, you know, not to put a 400, you know, gram blanket, blanket on, on a black in, horse yeah, in a stall in August, in August, which is wild to me. So wild. Just nuts. But it, it completely correlates to, I believe the involvement of the owner, right? I'm super mm -hmm. involved on my farm, whether I'm actually there present walking around every day or whether it's just in communication and text or, you mm -hmm. know, I go and feed at night. So checking on the horses, that kind of thing. But the owners of that facility weren't present. They, mm -hmm. if you're buying a farm as an investment, you've already gone mm -hmm. wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So like they were trying to pull as much money out as possible, get it done for the bare minimum. Um, it's why I require people at my farm to be in training because I saw there, if you just leave people to their own devices, it's mm -hmm. an absolute disaster. Well, and people think that farm owners and, um, trainers are that that's where they make their money no you don't make your money you don't make your money on the in the farm you don't make your money on board you don't make your money you don't even really make money in training yeah you know um it's like you a break-even business yeah if, you know if and you're lucky <laughs> if, if you're lucky and it's it really comes down to the passion of mm -hmm. you know if this is your passion um and that's one thing that i've always been very um i don't want to say jealous of but uh slightly envious of Connor because he knew what he wanted to do when he was 16 years old mm -hmm. and has done, you know, has, has done the horse thing ever since. Right. Yeah. And, um, I've always kind of coasted through life, you know, going, I don't really know what I want to do. You yeah. know, I don't really know what I, you know, I, and he's had this horses are my passion, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, what I love about Connor 
is that he cares more about the animal than he does about making money, than he does about the client. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he loves his clients. Yeah. But the horses are first, and you don't see that a whole lot in, in that sport. No. You know, it, 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 I mean, you, it, you know, you're one of those people that, you know, the, I know the horses come first. Yeah. And it's um, sometimes almost too much. Uh, too much. Too, too <laughs> Where it. then the owners are like, screw you. They're like, you're, you're crazy, you know, and yeah. you're like, no, listen. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know, sometimes the sport is, it's, it's sad. Yeah. You know, Connor had the most um, beautiful gray uh, gelding. Um, had him, I think he bought him when he was six and, um, did, you know, went to Kentucky with him oh, and wow. just like, this horse was amazing. And, um, he had him on this supplement that was absolutely, uh, we have our dogs on it yeah. and it's, um, the guy who invented it, put himself in remission from cancer. And so it's great for, great for horses. It's, I'm mean, just not a plug. I'm not sponsored, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, Curost is, uh, insane and he had him on this supplement for the duration of the time that he owned him so about six years um never had to inject him never had this was a great horse never had a melanoma wow. never had anything and then um when he sold him he was like look keep up this supplement program because it's it's really working it's blah, blah blah and they didn't and within a year and a half the horse was dead oh my gosh yeah cancer it like uh hit a tumor that came up from around his back and then up and around and could the horse couldn't get up i mean it was it was insane. And it just shows the different level of, you know, care some people have for yeah. these animals that, you know, you got to spend the money to make sure that they, you yeah. know, they, they, they live. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's been interesting for me. I obviously like you're way more in, I guess, the, the greater horse community around here <laughs> than I am. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I would, I think I'm, you know, everybody, I, I, well, okay, so this is going to get out. Oh, no. <laughs> we can cut it later. Everybody want. knows me. Yeah. I don't remember anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel awful about. And I'm like, oh, and I, it's just. But you meet so many people. I do. I do. And the crazy thing about the horse people is you meet most horse people at horse shows. And I don't mean to be rude, but you all look the same. Yes. <laughs> Tan breeches, black boots, you know, black or navy jacket, and a helmet. Yep, hairnet. Hairnet. Yep, it's you know, hard. You, you all look the same. Yeah. And so it's, for me, you know, with ADHD, mm -hmm. you know, I would like, I'd be like, Connor, who was that again? Yeah. And people come up, oh my God, Ty, yeah. so good to see you. I'm like, you too, how have you been? How, you know, and like, you know, I've, I've gotten to where I can fake through, a, you know, a yes. conversation. And, um, and then I go, who was that? And Connor goes, I don't know. <laughs> So um, if you listen, I, I apologize. I, I I know who you are. But it is. It is like a because we see so many people come through the store. I meet yeah. so many people at the farm or in all of the other things that I do, a lot mm -hmm. of charity work and whatever. And so it is hard because you're like, I know I know you, but I mm -hmm. don't like I'm, I've met 30 other people today. Like mm -hmm. I can't. And you feel like shit. Yes. Like I'll have people that come to the shows at Julia's. And they're like, Shay, we 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 love you, Shay. You're my favorite, Shay. And I'm like, I I I know I should know who you are, and I feel bad, but I literally see hundreds and hundreds of people um, in a weekend. Yeah. 
right? And I'm just like, I, I feel awful, you know? And they're like, well, we came and saw your show eight months ago. And I go, oh my God. <laughs> You're like, I'm not a school teacher. Yeah. Because they remember everybody. Every, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Like, I don't have that skill. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, you know, and it's it's funny for the first um, 10 years of my drag career, um, I I could see, but like I had astigmatism mm-hmm. uh, really, really bad. And I wouldn't wear contacts because I wouldn't want to put contacts in because it's, it's a bitch, man. Like <laughs> doing drag makeup, um, you know, like if you put, you got to put the contacts in before you put on all that black around the eye yeah. or the big false oh, and lashes. Oh, it gets probably and on it, there. And you can't like get up in there. And so then when you put the contacts in there, you know, you have fallout. But it gets, it gets in your eye over, yep. and it's all over the contact. Next thing you know, you've got this gray haze. Your eye hurts. Your eyes are red. So I just yeah. wouldn't wear contacts. I wear contacts too, so I totally so get you, it. Right. And then astigmatism, they're toric. So they're hard, <sighs> right? And so for the first 10 years, I just didn't I didn't, I didn't see the audience. This <laughs> <laughs> may be positive in some way. Right, right. And then I had LASIK and I was like, oh, <laughs> huh. Okay. All right. And um, now at Julia's, it's such a large production Mm -hmm. that I've got, you know, um, 30 lights in my face and then a spotlight in my face Mm -hmm. and then haze and then fog. And it's very difficult, you know, to see. So I feel like I'm kind of back at that thing. And, you know, I I don't see a whole lot of people. Um, Do you know uh, Jen Riley? Don't she was the bookkeeper for Waja? Okay, um, and she just came. She, she she and I stepped down from the uh, being on the board of directors for Washington State Hunter Jumper Association mm-hmm. about the same time. She was the bookkeeper and I was the treasurer. Okay, and um, it's funny because we it's funny how you find parallels with people, right? Yeah. So she was like, "I'm stepping down." I go, "Shut up, I am too." <laughs> and she goes, "Why?" I go, "Because I'm by you know I, I'm I'm." gaining a part of this business mm-hmm. and she goes that's wild I'm gaining a, a business as well that's and I so go cool. oh my gosh and so I stopped in and she just brought like her whole team to the show oh, uh, yesterday and um, I always feel bad when friends come because yeah. I don't I'm not available to yeah but I think hang. people know you know like people yeah. come to our events too and I'm just like I'm sorry like I'm running yeah. around like crazy and people just kind of I think know if they support yeah. you they know like you're there to to work and yeah. to and I always do feel bad because I go I you know we do this whole it's it's a big personality and it's mm-hmm. a good time and you know I'm trying to become as I host I'm trying to like make you feel like you know we're friends and it's a which you do an thing. amazing job oh, of we'll put links that. to all of the shows and everything <laughs> in the show notes but awesome. it's it's an amazing experience I appreciate I appreciate that and then it's you know we do the photos mm-hmm. and then right after it's an hour and a half long right or an hour fifteen hour and a half of just being on so mm-hmm. I shut down as yeah. we're walking out. I shut down. I go downstairs. I take a time to decompress when, and I'm in a costume that is just so over the top so much that it's so hard to get out and to say, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you so much. I did the hugs and all that stuff. And my feet hurt. And yeah. you know, I mean, it's, and it's, so I feel bad and I get text messages from my friends after the show. Oh my God, that was such a great show. But I'm like, I'm sorry. I couldn't hang out afterwards. I had to go down and do the financials. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> The financials of my emotions. Yeah, well, uh, well, that and the actual money. I'm having to oh, like do yeah. all the tipping and stuff, and so oh, you know, yeah, I figured right. that all out, and and so it's like it's it's decompressing, it's processing mentally, it's spreadsheets at yeah. the same time while I'm like, you know, taking off this fake body. Yeah. That is, you know, made out of couch cushions. Yeah. I love it. I, I think I asked you at some point, like, how do I get hips like that? And you're like, foam. Foam. You got a couch you don't like? <laughs> and it's and it's it's hysterical. The, 
the just the drag community on um, our foundations of like how we've done things, mm -hmm. right? And there's things like you make hip pads out of a piece of foam and an electric turkey carver. Yeah, <laughs> right. You it has. I would it. love to be present <clears throat> for the next hip making. Yeah, session. <laughs> and they look like they look like um, I'm. Okay, so I'll t I've never made my own hips. Okay. I am not a sewer. I am not a hair master. I am not a jewelry maker. I am um, the queen that takes their money from their gigs and then disperses it back into the drag community <laughs> because I can't I can't make any of my own stuff. <laughs> so I'll pay people to do it. But um, uh, it's wild because they're like they're like big commas. Like yeah, if you think of the shape sense. of a comma, right? It's like this big. And you're like, that is massive. That is never going to look like a hip or a butt. And then you put them in, and then you've got three pairs of pantyhose and a corset on underneath it, and, all, and it all just compressed down. And I had a, um, in addition to everything else I do, I'm helping Olsons out with their, uh, I'm, it's their holiday staff. So oh, cool. I popped in there, and I'm, I'm helping them and all this stuff. And we were talking about drag, and this one girl goes, well, where do your, like, I go, you know, our bodies are built differently. And it's my job as a professional queen to know the difference between a a a, um, a male build and a female build, right? And one of the girls was like, "Well, where do you what do you mean you have to pull?" I said I had to pull the hips up to my belly button, and she goes, "Why do you have to pull them up that high?" I go, "Because that's where your hips start." <laughs> and she goes, "What?" I go, "Put your hand on your hips, <laughs> and put your you know put your your index fingers going towards your belly yeah. button or towards your center of your stomach." And she goes. Oh, I never realized that my hips start at my belly button. And I go, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I go. That's, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, job. and that goes to show there are so many nuances to being so good at whatever it is that you choose to do, mm -hmm. right? It's not just, hey, I'm going to put on makeup and like run out on stage. There's mm -hmm. so much to that experience yeah. that you have to know. Yeah. And it's it's wild how, like yesterday, um, I did my makeup in 30 minutes. That's impressive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like from, I had a beard when I walked in there, like I had, or, or the, <laughs> the, the, the 9 a.m. shadow or whatever. And I shaved all that off and just, you know, went to town and just, you know, it's one of the things that um, my good friend, uh, one of my best friends, Diamond St. James, she can do her face. I've seen her do her face in 17 minutes. It that is, is wild. insane insane and so um it's just the process i don't know if you know that i used to be a makeup artist that was like really one of the first things i did never obviously like to the level <laughs> that you guys are doing it but right. you know more natural stuff mm -hmm. and uh that's very impressive <laughs> i was well i was too you know i used to do i used to do um i used to do makeup for weddings and whatnot when in dallas and um it's funny because i have women all the time who goes I need makeup tutorials. I want to. I want to look like you, and I'm like, you do not want to look like a whore on a Tuesday. Well, and you also it's I mean? stage makeup, like it's, right, yes, you're up. There's lights. Theater. You need to see well, it. And and I think I think I paint very differently than other drag queens too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what I I paint more like everyday woman. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a lot of it's still a lot of makeup because it's a you know I'm changing a male face into a female face, but yeah. um, like I don't do like the super high arched brows or like yeah. the you know the the clown makeup as we call it in the yeah. thing, but. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've I've nailed the the rich bitch persona. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Oh, you know, it's it, and my mom is like, I I don't know whose life you're living when you're Shay, and I go the one that I created, the one that I wanted. <laughs> um, I got a. She's it's funny. My so I have a fifteen year old daughter. Mm -hmm. Who I've met. 
Uh, she's wonderful, yeah. Peyton. Um, which this all kind of ties back to with T-Pat as well, like mm -hmm. Tracy and I. So um, it's Tracy Patterson, and I'm Ty Patrick, so T-Pat, which works, makes right? Sense. It makes sense. <laughs> um, and then we both have um, children who's named Peyton. Um, Tracy, um, you know, lost hers, um, I, I think, um, before they were born or right after they were born. Mm -hmm. um, and Peyton um, was my only kid, right? And uh, Tracy and Peyton just like, it's just like little magnets, like they mm -hmm. just fit and it's just perfect. And, um, you know, she's like, it's like I get to have my Peyton with mm -hmm. Peyton. And so, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, wait a minute, drag queen has a kid, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes, I was married to a woman at one point. Um, didn't work out for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite the journey. Wasn't, 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 yeah. You know, some people like tea and some people like coffee. Um, I like bourbon. Um, <laughs> and so, and the, you know, everyone's like, well, how do you have that conversation with your kid about, you know, your lifestyle? Or, and I remember having a conversation one time with Peyton. We were in the grocery store and she goes, are you gay? And I go, well, it's complicated. And she goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I identify as a bisexual man, mm -hmm. but I'm in a gay relationship. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, what does it mean? I said, it means I love Connor. Do you love Connor? And she goes, yeah. I go, there you go. She goes, she goes so because I love Connor, does that make me gay? No. And I go, no. It just means, you know, it's two people of the same, you know, gender that, that love each other and, um, you know, are attracted to each other and whatever. And she goes, oh, okay. And moved on. She goes, hey, can we yeah. get these, can we get the Flaming Hot Cheetos? Yeah. Right? Like it just, it's, it, no hang ups. I, so I don't know if I've told you this, but mm. my dad is trans. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. And um, we lost touch for many years. Mm -hmm. um, parents had an awful divorce. Um, and I moved to America and was sitting on my blow up mattress in an empty apartment waiting for the cargo ship with my shit to arrive mm -hmm. and got an email that was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going in for surgery. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm... At what age? Um, I already had a kid. I was 21. How old, how old was he? 55 at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, my son met her eventually. Mm -hmm. And um, we still don't have a super close relationship. It's a mm -hmm. person that I know, a person that I reach out to every once in a while. It's not like a father-daughter relationship, but mm -hmm. um, my son met her. And I was trying to explain. And still, my kids kind of have questions because they get a little confused. But mm -hmm. same thing. I, I kind of explained the best way I could. And he looked at me. He goes, Okay. Whatever. <laughs> and moved on to Whatever. something else. Yeah. Um, and they just, I don't know. Have you read the, um, it's a kid's book, but it's Marlon Bundo. Yes. Have you read that one? Yes. I read that to my kids all the time. Yeah. Do you? And they just kind of like, they cheer on, you know, with the characters mm -hmm. and they know exactly. They're like, that's not right. And this yep. is how, you know, and love is love. And mm -hmm. um, so kids are really just accepting you know like, wait just like we'll go with it it's yeah she's and she's 15 now and um i've never never hidden shay from her never hidden um who i am from her um i, I think that would have been doing her a disservice yeah um you know and god she could she was 
five and could pick me out of a of a picture of of drag queens and be like, "That's my dad. No. That's my dad, right?" And um, you know, she she's just, she's just great, you know. And I think with drag being as air quotes, mainstream mm -hmm. as it is. I don't think it'll ever be mainstream, mainstream. I don't think it'll ever be like accepted by everybody, but it, it might, you know, in a hundred years or whatnot when people well, get I'm gonna over. I'm just throw stuff. out there that yeah. without them knowing it's already been accepted for many yeah, years right. by everybody when right. we look at certain movies or yeah. plays or well, of course, I mean, whatever. So I was like, oh, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, alert. drag, right? <laughs> you know, Flip Wilson, drag. You, you can know. get all up in arms about it, but guess what? Get upset about it. And, <laughs> And you know, it's I, I make a joke at the show. You know, I'm like, um, we don't like kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I personally, I don't want to read books. I don't want to read books to your children. I don't. You know, I, I am a, I have a financial brain when it comes to you know drag, which you know, I, it's an art form that's great. That's not how I look at it. I look at it as a business form, right? Yeah. I'm here to make money, yeah. and your kid can't buy bottomless mimosas, so. <laughs> Not for you. Not for you. You're just taking up a seat. Uh, <laughs> someone that could have. Um, but no, she's, and, and it's funny, she calls me, she's like, at, when she's at Julia's, she's like, uh, she'll come in and she'll go, mommy, daddy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I love that. She's a hoot, man. And, um, you know, I ask her every once in a while, I'm like, what do you, I go, do any of your, and she's in a, a small town outside of Dallas mm -hmm. and Texas. And she's, um, it's rural, right? Mm -hmm. And it's country. And it's, um, I said, do any of your other friends have, you know, gay parents. And she goes, no. And I go, oh. She goes, and I like it that way. I like being the only one that has a gay dad. And I go, okay, cool. And she'll call me, she'll FaceTime me, you know, while I'm after, she knows when my shows are, right? Because the same time she'll call me after and all of her friends are there. And she's like, can you say hi to all my friends? No. And I'm like, sure. I'm like, hey. And they're like, hey. And they ask all these questions and they're like, you should go on RuPaul's Drag Race and you're so pretty and you're so, this is so cool and blah, blah, blah. And I was, I'm glad it's gone that direction because yeah. I was really, really worried that she was going to get bullied for having a gay dad or she was going to be bullied for having, you know, a drag queen, you know, as a, as a father or this and the other, which, you know, we were talking earlier and you were like, do we want to do this from like Shay perspective or do we want to do it from Ty's perspective? And Shay is a character, right? Shay is a, I mean, there's an LLC, Shay Fox LLC, <laughs> you know, it's, she is a business mm -hmm. and um you know i think a lot of people get that misconstrued which means i've done my job right because you believe that there's that shay is this person mm -hmm. right and um shay is this entity and you know shay wakes up in the morning and goes into her closet picks out which which fur she wants to have yeah. breakfast in you know <laughs> we want it to be true oh my gosh <laughs> Um, and you know it's it, there is a, well, i'll have to have you over to the we just moved into this um really cool townhouse and I finally have a, a closet that I can have organized in, in a way that when you first walk in and you open up the door, it's all of my furs. Oh and my I'm, gosh. I'm a fur person. I, I know that that, that PETA, I get we it. We were just talking about animals come first. I know. Or no, they were that they were found dead already. Yeah. <laughs> Natural causes. Um, but, you and know, minks but are mean animals anyway. Yeah, you know, well, and, and all my furs are vintage. Perfect. So, so it's, it's nobody very, can blame you. No. And it's, well, it's, it's it, you know, reuse, reuse, recycle, whatever it is. Like yes. they're, they're, There's no reduction, yeah, but there yeah, is re re reusing. Reusing. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and 
I think it's kind of like it's it's cool to own. I own um, a couple pieces that were from the uh, Bon Marche Fur Salon, okay. which was here in Seattle. Bon Marche was huge. Yeah. I, I wasn't here for it. I don't know. Was it connected? It, is it connected to the Bon Marche in France? I don't know. I probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I don't know. I'm not, I think it was. Um, so like. Dallas is the birthplace of Nima Marcus. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Just like God. here is Nordstrom. Nordstrom. Yeah. Um, and I think the I think it was like Nordstrom and the Bon Marche. Like the Bon Marche was like the department store here. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like that in, in Paris. Too, is so. it okay? Cool. And so it just it didn't. It was probably after that, right? I'm sure. Or, oh or, yeah, like I'm sure. It was after that, that yeah, something. yeah. Um, but and then Macy's bought the Bon Marche downtown. And it was like a seven, like a seven story, like a seven floor shopping center. Yeah. Um, the Bon Marche. So yeah. it was, you know, I think to be I've really awesome. seen that Macy's and I think I've noticed that said it, Bon Marche. So, yeah. yeah. It's now a, I love how you say it. Oh. I'm, I'm so Texan. <laughs> I'm all like Bon Marche. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and now it's, I think now it's a Uniqlo or something. Like it's, okay. Our, oh, our, yeah. our, our downtown Seattle has just, it hasn't recovered. No. It hasn't recovered, which is sad, which is one of the reasons that I'm really liked moving here. Uh, it was one of the big one of the big reasons that um, or one of the, the factors, right? Yeah. So Connor and I wild, you ready? Connor and I got married in uh, September of twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. We came up here because he's from here. Okay. Um, came up here for Thanksgiving, uh, that November and that January we moved here. Like it was like I I had never been to Seattle, and I was Typical like ADHD. Brain. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's yeah. move. <laughs> and I loved that there was a bustling downtown, mm-hmm. right? Like it was a shoppable downtown. It was markets and people and stores and and all this other stuff. Where downtown Dallas is not like that. It's very um, commerce. It's very oh, okay. you know big buildings, banks, investments, finance firm, you know, stuff. yeah, finance stuff. So it's not shoppable really mm-hmm. and it's a pain in the ass to get down there and whatnot but I've so never i loved been it to texas huh you've never been to texas nope. oh my god go. you would be a star they would <laughs> love you are you kidding me i don't think so no no they would <laughs> they would be like she's gorgeous she's blonde no she's independent <laughs> you'd be wifed up in a heartbeat i need a cowboy in a ba- <laughs> no you want an oil baron <laughs> Shay wants an oil Let me tell you what. You, yeah, I'm telling you, it's Dallas. Is I mean, it's just it's wild. Houston is wild. The amount of money in Texas is oh, insane. Yeah. And if you're a horse girl, the amount of horses. There's more registered horses in the state of Texas than there are people that live in this state. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That sounds like my place. I I'm, just posted a picture that said I like horses better than people. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. And, and that doesn't count the unregistered ones. Wow. Like it's nuts. And um, I think when I moved here, I thought Seattle was this big city. Yeah. You know, and you, I think when you grow up in a big city, you don't think of that big city as being a metropolis, right? Mm-hmm. And the DFW Metroplex has um, – 500,000 less people than this state of Washington. Wow. It's nuts. Yeah. And I'm like the food, the food options, the shopping options, everything. I'm, I miss Dallas, but I don't miss the, uh, I feel like as a, as a part of the LGBT community, community in Texas, it's, it's harder in Texas to, to be yeah. me, right? It's yeah. easier to be me here. I can hold my husband's hand in public here. I can 
comfortably go out to dinner with my husband. You know, I can give him a kiss. I can, we can hug, we can embrace, we can, there can be, I'm not huge on PDA. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it that still there's. Feels- Right to feel safe to do so. Yes, yeah. And so, like, we'll go to Texas, we'll go to Dallas, and he'll be like, why won't you hold my hand? Why Why won't you? And I'll be like, stop. Like, he'll be, like, be hanging on me. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Stop. And he's like, why? I go, because there are people here that don't accept us, and there's more people here that will just watch it happen and not speak up like they do in, you know, Seattle. But yeah. I will say, you know, like, Dallas is safer than, say, you know, Mahaya, Texas, you know what Where I mean? Where is that? Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, or, you know, Paris, Texas, mm-hmm. or Athens. We have all the we have all the big all the big European cities in mm-hmm. Texas. Um, but it's, you know, like you're Houston, Austin, Dallas, they're safer, but it's still kind of, you know, hate crimes happen all the time. Yeah. And um, you know, they say it's safer up here, and it's it is only because more people speak up about it. Not because there's less hatred. It's just there's. I was going to say, I mean, when you're maybe right when you're in Seattle, but if mm-hmm. when you get kind of further out. Yeah. yeah, I make a joke about I. So I live in Sammamish, um, which is not, in my opinion, super culturally diverse. And so when a drag queen moved into the city, they were like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Who are you? Um, and, you know, I make a joke about it's, you know, it's they weren't ready for for the quick wit, you know, and um but it's still kind of that thing. Like, I'll be coming home from a, a gig and Connor will be like, hey, can you pick up Jack in the Box? And I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. st- I'm still in face. And he's like, well, what does it matter? Just go through the drive-thru and, you know, order the food and pick it up. I go, there's something about, you know, ordering at, or going. Like, I won't go to the grocery store in face. I'm not going to go in and dressed as, you know, a, a guy with all this makeup on. I'm, I'm not, I feel like it's just asking for trouble. Yeah. And I'm just not going to put myself in that position. Which is so unfortunate that you have to feel that way. But it's, I mean, the only way, I can't relate on a grand scale like that, but the only way I can relate to it is like, as a woman, there are certain things that I choose not to do because mm-hmm. I know that if there is somebody that wants to do something to me, I'm not going to put myself in that position, right? right. So I'm not going to go down an alley in the dark. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. down the street from my farm after a certain time because I know that something might happen to me because I'm a woman, I'm not a strong, whatever, all Mm -hmm. the things, right? So I'm choosing not to do that. Do I get pissed off about the fact that I, I need to get groceries right now and I don't really feel like I can feel safe walking in there. That sucks. So it sucks that you can't. And I think, I think your, your, uh, I don't want to say issue or problem, but I think your scenario is far greater than mine. If you want my honest opinion, Um, because I can take off my makeup. You know what I mean? I can I can take off being, you know, I can right. butch up. I can, you know, whatever. Where you can't take off being a woman yeah. and going into these spaces. And that's one of, when I would do pageants, my biggest, uh, or my, everyone would be like, what's your, what's your charity? What's your charity? And I'm like, I don't have a charity. I'm not here for a charity. I'm not here to raise money for this. What I'm here for is... Um, there's a facet of human rights that I feel gets forgotten all the time, and it's women's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first one to fall off of the human rights campaign in my mind, in my thought. Mm-hmm. And it might be because I have a daughter, mm-hmm. right? Um, where I think that, you know, everyone's so focused on, you know, queer rights, right? Where we forget about a, the the largest group on this planet, which is women, and how women's rights are constantly pushed over 
into a corner, right? Are constantly being decided by um, by men, mm-hmm. right? And I have a lot of people that ask me. I almost wore um, a sweatshirt today and it said pro row. It was pro, it said pro row on it, whatever. And um, I, it's too small, it shrunk, so I didn't wear it. But um, I'll take it. You, you want it? I'll give it to you. Um, but I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, what are you, what's your opinion on, um, I don't know if we want to go down this road, but oh, what's, I'm yeah, what's, open what's your, what's your opinion on, on abortion? And I go, you know, I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Mm-hmm. I don't have an opinion because I don't have a uterus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, what sucks is my opinion does matter because it's men that are making these laws about women's bodies. And so it's a voice that it, it's just, you know, it's it sucks. It, it's so wild. But I think ultimately it all it all feeds it, it, each other in a positive way. Like mm-hmm. anything that you're doing campaigning for LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus rights is also going to come back on women in a positive way, because as soon as we mm-hmm. can be more accepting of that, we can also be more accepting of women. Like it's all it's raising right. it all. Up, yeah. Right. Um, I, I really struggle again. I, I think that people just need to leave everybody the fuck alone. Like God. that is my personal can you, opinion. Can you say that again? Is like, leave everybody the fuck alone. You are only the main character in your own life. Uh-huh. And so what does it matter to you? What that person over there is doing, what that person over there is doing. My first makeup studio in Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. I got there early one day. And I was getting ready for a bride to come in. And I see the upstairs neighbors come down and he is on a leash oh. as a dog, okay, <laughs> with ears, with everything. There's full leather. And I looked at it and I was like, go on with your bad self. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like, go ahead. I don't care. Like, it doesn't, I can choose what I would never do for me. Mm-hmm. I can, I, but I, I don't care what you're doing right. for you. But it's nice to I live in a colorful you. world. Yes. And you, where you go, I mean, and, and you know, I, I love, because I, I, I saw it in my mind's eye immediately. <laughs> and I was like, you know, um, and that's what I, I, God, there's nothing that shocks me anymore, I yeah. think. And I, and I'm like, if people could get to where, where we are, yeah. where we're just like, okay, you do you, boo, you know, I, cool. Yeah. Cool. You know, and it just, it, I don't know, I feel like, like I, you know, I'll say it again. I think women's rights is the one facet that gets forgotten the most, you know. And um, Peyton said something about dress code mm-hmm. at her school, and I go, and and it infuriates me that my daughter has to dress a certain way to not provoke boys, mm-hmm. and she said. You know, my mom goes, what are your thoughts on that? I go, um, maybe teach your boys not to be little rapists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> <You know, laughs> seems I, like the obvious. You know, I mean, like, like, you know, somebody said the other day, they go, you know, you don't see lesbians just going, you know, crazy and, 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 and all this other stuff for, for women that are dressed, you know, how women want to dress. So why do men do it? Right. And I think it's, it's I, funny to me that men come into a gay space and don't want to be hit on and dude, dude, I'm not gay and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm not after you, first of all. Yeah. But now you know how women feel. Yes. Now you know how women feel. Absolutely. At a straight bar. Everybody, you know what I mean? Well, you know, it's funny. This is one of the things I love about Glenn. Glenn 
loves to go to gay bars. He feels so special. Because <laughs> he's handsome. Because he's a good looking guy. Like, I don't want any of it, but like. But I'll take the free it drinks. It feels nice that people think I look good. I, 100%. You know, and it's like, but being that comfortable with it and just mm-hmm. being like, yeah, I'll take the compliment. Yeah. I don't care who it's from, yeah. but I will take the compliment. And I, I can't tell you how many, how many men get drugged into Julia's mm-hmm. by their wives, girlfriends, dates, or whatever, and they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you're you're my target now. Yes. I'm coming. And there was a, a gentleman who was Exposure so therapy. macho and so this the other day. And I said, you know what? I've I'm I'm I've got a spot in my my lineup that I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I'm gonna get you. You know, and at the end I go, you know, this is a safe place. You can no one's gonna get you. Yeah. You know, um, so it's it's wild. Yeah. It's it's wild, and I think, um, you know, like something my grandmother. Such a such a tough subject. My grandmother, um, she, I'm getting kind of teary. She um, never really understood, mm-hmm. um, and she would be like, "When are you going to bring home a nice girl?" And and I uh, I always wanted to go. When don't you understand? Why won't you? Why won't you get it? I am the nice girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she loved Connor. She loved my husband. Um, she didn't understand it. Um, she was like my nanny. My mom is, um, God, my mom is like my, like, you know, you have know, like the role model mm-hmm. in your life that you're just like, you know, and that's my mother. Um, she gave everything that she possibly could give for me to be, um, who I am and have everything that I wanted. And, um, you know, she would, we were, poor uh, when I was young like there aren't a whole lot of baby pictures because we couldn't afford cameras mm-hmm. right and so she was a single mother working as a secretary and um, would take me to go get McDonald's every day and would eat what I did not eat of the Happy Meal right which was usually a couple fries and like some of the bun mm-hmm. and um, just a strong strong woman she worked her way up um, and was you know one of the top uh, people in her area for uh, Freddie Mac, which is a federally, you know, funded company, and um, without a college degree, right? Amazing. Came at, and then she finally she got you know she put herself through college. I think um, in her fifties, and um, now works for you know JLL and is running like this multi million dollar or multi million square foot facility, and you know is just. Yeah you know, has made herself, right? Leave it to a woman. And I'm telling you, she said, you know, I'm working in a man's world and I will play by the men's rules and they will respect me and they will do. And she has, you know, she's a pioneer. Um, But my grandmother just didn't get it. My mom would, um, my mom and I, we've known each other for many lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you just have those people Mm -hmm. that you're like, finally you're here. Right? Where have you been? Yeah. You know, we've been waiting these this, you know, this lifetime to get you. And um, my grandmother just never really got it. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was very religious. I don't know if you grew up in a religious household. I'm um, super religious now, luckily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My grandmother, I mean, would she'd go, you know, it says in, you know, the Bible and on this, blah, 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 that, you know, man should not lay with man. And I go, it also says that you, because you got divorced, you should be stoned. Yeah. Why are we picking and choosing? Why are we picking and choosing? She goes, well, that's that's that wasn't my fault. I go, the Bible says it doesn't matter. You know, so I think when you raise a 
LGBT kid in the religious household, it becomes a very dangerous because it, I can quote. I know, I know, I know what they're going to quote, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not the one to, to mess with when it comes that way because let's talk about how much is my daughter worth? What's the dowry? You know, how come, you know, you eat, you eat shrimp. That's a problem. You know, why are we picking and choosing? Yeah. You know, and so. When also, when was this book written, right? And right. what is, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I was never super religious, but I went to Rome and um, we were in the cathedral and they were like, yeah, so they sold spots here to finish building the cathedral. I'm like, this is, you know, it was a controlling mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it needed to be put in place because people were like killing each other. Yeah. Right. But like we have evolved as a society and mm -hmm. so do the things that we need to go by. There's a book called the, I think it's called the good book mm -hmm. and it's like a non-denominational Bible. So it's just kind of like the rules of like a, a good, good human person. that should like, they should live by. And it's none of that other stuff. Nice. Um, but it just, why, why have we evolved in every facet of everything? We drive in cars now. Like we're not like taking donkeys to work, like, right. Or whatever it is, you know, um, why, why, hasn't religion evolved? why are we not evolving there? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I remember being in my bathtub, mm -hmm. fully clothed, having a, um, crisis, crying, praying. And I was like, why am I, why am I? And it was about being bi, uh, liking men. Mm -hmm. Why, why am I praying to somebody I'm taught hates me? Mm -hmm. And then I just got this overwhelming feeling. And I, and I realized that it's not, you know, it, my belief system is not about what you believe. My belief system is not about what the church teaches. My belief system is that, um, you know, maybe there is somebody, a higher power up there, and it's a relationship between me and them, right? And I just got this feeling of, and it might have just been my brain trying to rationalize it, right? But of, if I'm, if being in love is a gift from God, and if I fall in love with a man, how is that wrong? How is that, how am I experiencing that and it be wrong? Yeah. And um, so that was the, I think we spiritually evolve in life. Um, and the latest one that I had was my grandmother passed away. Mm. Um, it was quick, right? Which was good. I didn't go home and see her because my mom was like, I don't want you to remember her like this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I had a job interview probably about a month or two after she passed. And it was over the phone for a job that I had no business interviewing for. I don't remember what it was. And, <laughs> and the woman goes, can I stop the interview for a second? And I go, sure. Do you need like a potty break? Like, <laughs> this is strange. Yeah. Um, and she goes, I don't normally do this, but um, I have a gift of um, being able to talk to the other side. And I go, okay. And she goes, and there's a woman here who is incessantly tapping on my shoulder. Um, short brown hair, glasses, very studious, kind of religious maybe. Um, and I go, okay. And she goes, and, and she just passed recently. And I go, okay. And she goes, do you know who I'm talking about? I go, mm-hmm. It's my grandmother. And she goes, Yvonne calls her out by name. Yeah. Yvonne wants you to know that she understands Yvonne wants you oh to know my that, gosh. that she gets it and she's so happy for you. I'm sorry. I'm crying. I know. Um, <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. 
<laughs> can we consider the interview? And, 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 and she goes, I'm going to give you my number. And if you want to talk, you can. And so we finished the interview. Um, never heard from the job. Never heard from the woman ever again. The emails setting up the interview disappeared out of my <gasps> inbox. Everything related to this time, gone. Wow. And I was just like, it makes me realize that if that, if that, that, I don't know, it, it's different. The other side is not what we man believes it to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, we got to make it right on this, in this life. We got to make it right for you. Yeah. You know, Maxine, you, you've got to live your personal um, heaven while you're here, right? And I've got to do the same thing for me. And there's no point in being pissed off or angry about what other people do. Just live your life. Have a good time. And, you know, we don't have a long lifespan here. No. You know, if you get 100 years, you're, right. you're, you're lucky, right? And for the first 25, you don't know what the hell you're yeah. doing. And apparently for the last 20, you know, you know, the way we treat our elderly is absolutely insane to me. So you've got, what, 40, 50 years in the middle to have a good time, experience things. And why waste that time worrying about what anybody else thinks or worrying about what other people are doing? Right. Just have a good time. Be a good human and have a Be good time. Be a good human. Have some caviar. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> this has been awesome. You're so great. I appreciate you being here. You, you too. I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. We, um, we you know, we, we speak great things about you in our house. Oh, and, and, thank you. and Connor and I just, you know, adore you. And Trace and I just adore you. And you've got one of the most beautiful businesses I think I've ever seen. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you so much and having me out here. So. Yay, to many more. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <All right. laughs>Thanks so much for listening to the Mother of Monarch podcast. I always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So if you have any comments or know who you want to hear next, send me a message at motherofmonarch at outlook.com or Instagram at motherofmonarch. I always love to hear from you. I'm sending you strength and positivity for your week ahead. Catch you next time.